Welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, the podcast where we break down the delusions, fallacies, and misunderstandings about markets, investing, and risk. I'm your host, Ken Goldberg, and I've spent the last four decades immersed in the world of finance and investments, from big Wall Street firms to the Chicago trading floor. I founded and sold three hedge funds, won the World Cup trading championship, and my insights have been highly sought after as the most read outside contributor at thestreet.com. In this podcast, it's just you and me deep diving into the topics that most investors just don't understand. I'll be sharing my experiences, observations, and strategies to help you level the playing field and make more informed decisions. So let's go. Today's show is a revisit to some fantastic work that we were able to bring to you throughout the second half of 2022. And that is the work related to Bitcoin and its more common trading vehicle, BITO, BITO, is an ETF, which is made up of Bitcoin futures. Now, Bitcoin futures are a wild cowboy type of adventure. Bitcoin itself is even more wild. And as we've explained many times, the reason Bitcoin itself is even more wild is that you have to worry about how your Bitcoin is physically stored, whether it's in cold storage, deep storage, and various other wallets and hardware gadgets, which are continually being attacked by thieves and predators to try and steal Bitcoin wallets and and Bitcoin itself. So the ETF is a way to play Bitcoin and do it through guardians like Schwab, Fidelity, Ameritrade, and any other brokerage firm really that allows ETF trading. So basically any brokerage firm. The benefit of the big brokerage firms is that your accounts have protection, they're governed and overseen by the US regulators, the SEC, et cetera. And a lot of the work to keep your money and Bitcoin and Bitcoin exposure safe is being done by companies who are spending tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in order to do the investigation, tracking and supervision that none of us can do on our own. Now, even if we think we are smart enough to find the right wallet and storage device and things like that. Some of us just continue to let outside influences take our money from us. It's kind of like owning a home with a burglar alarm and not putting the burglar alarm on because you're only gonna be gone a couple of hours. It's those key hours that the burglars come in. And it's similar with financial 
decisions. It's during those times of complacency that the thieves sneak in and take our stuff, take our money, take our assets, steal our identity, take over our account, send our account holdings to other receptacles outside the country. So really the safest way that we've found is to use the ETFs that correspond to the assets that you want to trade. In this case, BITO to track and follow and invest in Bitcoin. As Bitcoin moves, so moves BITO. Dollar for dollar, percentage point or percentage point in general. There could be a day here or a week there that the percentages don't match up perfectly. But over time, if uh, Bitcoin rises or falls over a multi-month period, a certain percentage, so will the BITO ETF. So let's get back to the title of this week's episode, Knock Knock, Who's There? Opportunity Again. The reason that I chose that title is because if you remember, throughout most of 2022, as Bitcoin was falling from its all-time high of 70,000 to its eventual 2022 low of just under 15,000, most of that time we were showing why each supposed low and rally in Bitcoin was not the final low. And we walked everybody through there hand in hand with all kinds of targeting, not only in price, but in time. And we absolutely nailed it. For most of 2022, we were illustrating that Bitcoin should fall into November of 2022, where its four-year cycle was due to bottom. So what happened? Bitcoin peaked in late 2021 in November, it fell hard, as you can see in the chart, to the first low in January of 2022. It started to rise and rose from January 22 into April of 22. Everyone thought it was the savior, that all of their troubles were over. And we warned, no, that's not the bottom. There was lower lows to come and to stand by awaiting November of 2022, give or take one month. What happened then from the April high, Bitcoin rolled over again, fell hard down into July, and then started to turn up. We warned again in another episode, another podcast episode, that, that it just didn't look right. There was such a magnetism towards November of 2022. We were going to hold out and wait for perhaps lower prices, but at least the all clear signal that the four-year cycle had bottomed. And then right after the four-year cycle bottomed in November of 2022, we came out with another episode and that said that for all practical purposes, give or take, that the four-year cycle was likely in place and we should expect to see generally higher Bitcoin prices for the next 18 to 36 months. So in other words, towards the middle of 2024, if not into 
mid to late 2025. We should see generally rising Bitcoin and Bitto prices. What's happened so far? Well, if you scroll down to the chart from the first link, if you're if you're listening to this on the Mission Matters podcast, you can just scroll down to the chart. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or any of the other podcast networks, you can check the show notes and there's a link to the chart and you can see that after Bitcoin, in this case, I'm showing you the chart of Bitto, same exact chart, only a different symbol, but same movement. The bottom came in November of 2022. The actual low was put in place in the second week of November 2022. And from that low, Bitcoin essentially doubled into March of 2023. Four months later, Bitcoin doubled. Now, remember that for the past year, ever since the all-time high in Bitcoin and Bitto, every bounce that had occurred that the crowd and the media had come out and said, that's it, it's over, the, the lows are in, had failed. And once we confirmed that the four-year cycle was bottoming and bottomed, we gave the all clear and we walked everybody through the trade. And in fact, by the April time period, we were exiting most of our long Bitcoin and Bitto exposure, having taken 100% gain in four months. Why was that possible? It wasn't just because of the four-year cycle bottoming, because if it was, then everybody would have seen the four-year cycle bottom and waited for it to bottom before they bought Bitcoin as it fell from 70 to 50 to 30 to 20 and even down below 20. But it's the combination of many things, including that four-year cycle and the work that our algorithms do for us that allowed us to nail that so beautifully into that low. As you can see on the chart, we were expecting that green box where, where it shows minus 78%. That's the Bitcoin loss. We were expecting that green box was, which stretched from October 1st until the end of December, in other words, November, plus or minus one calendar month, to find the low in price. And as you can see, it found the low in price. And interestingly enough, the low came right around the middle of that time window. Since then, again, the market for Bitcoin and Bitto rose. It rose 100%. And we took most of our profits after that 100% gain. Why were we able to do that? Well, let's look at that. If you look at the chart, you'll see as you move off out of that first green box, you'll see this vertical blue line. That vertical blue line defines the move from the low to the first high. And then we have one, two, three red, we have a green bar and three red bars to the right. We have this horizontal kind of green box that moves across the price of Bitto to around 12 and a half. And then we see another blue line, which is equal to the first blue line in size, pushing up towards 18 and 19. Well, it turns out that when markets bounce, when they find a low and bounce, they often bounce in two equal moves in the opposite direction. So 
What was the market's direction? Well, from the all-time high of 70,000, or in this case, 44 of BITO, down to the low, in this case, nine and a half in BITO, the direction was down. It took about a year and a sliced 78% off the price. We call that a crash, but at least we know that direction was down. So if we're expecting a rally or a bounce, we would expect the counter trend move to be up and we would expect that up move to come in two equal sized moves. So once I saw the first up move defined by that first vertical blue line, I took the size of that line and I moved it over to where the correction ended in March of 2023. And I just put the line back there and that forecast, we would get to somewhere in the 18s. And in fact, it happened in the very next week, but I didn't know that was gonna happen. And then it took several more weeks and we basically double, double topped or double bumped our head up into that first little pink horizontal box, which that made up this, hor this vertical pink bar, that first big pink bar. So that took us from the low in November of 2022 to this kind of double topping high in both March and April of 2023. And that led to 100% gain from the low in BITO in the nines to the high in BITO in the 18s. Well, since then, and then that rally, that double blue bar rally, that two moves up of equal size probably only makes up the beginning of a much larger move. And so I took the size of that entire move off the low and I made it a vertical pink bar. Then I said, eventually, when BitTo corrects itself, because it got kind of overbought, right? Everyone jumped on the Bitcoin and BitTo wagon and said, wow, it's up 100%. I got to get in that. And typically that thinking, that mentality means that an asset needs to correct itself. In other words, when everyone waits for a double, watches it happen, and then decides to get in after the double, it's probably time for that asset to fall in price. So we said, when the prices get to some low out in the future, when the conditions of Bitcoin and BitTo exit this vastly overbought ebullience to some type of oversold depression, depressed area, pessimism area, then we will be looking to buy more Bitcoin and BitTo. And we can see that opportunity is in fact knocking again. Well, how do we know? Well, if you see that line, that, that kind of pendulum looking line at the bottom of the chart, that tells us kind of overbought and oversold. And as you can see, it's no longer overbought up in the pink zone. In fact, it's returned to oversold in the green zone. It's cut through these upward trending blue lines and it's all the way down as over, not only is it as oversold at the November of 2022 low, it's actually more oversold than that. And it hasn't been this oversold since July of 2022. Pretty darn oversold. While that's the case, the correction from 
the March and April price high in the 18s has only fallen off 28%. So even though the pendulum study at the bottom has completely moved from ebullient overbought to pessimistic oversold, the price is not barely moved because 28% is a decent amount of correction, but the price hasn't really moved in that strong of way to reflect the sentiment that has moved from ebullience to pessimism. What's that telling us? That's warning, at least historically, that warns that there's underlying buying going on, that there's a little bit of panic happening, but really some big money is trying to buy Bitcoin and Bitto. Well, why would that be? Well, think about it. The largest financial company on the planet, BlackRock, is trying to launch an ETF for spot Bitcoin. In other words, not an ETF like BITO, which is made up of the futures contracts for Bitcoin, but actually an ETF made up of the Bitcoin itself, the actual coin. Not that there's a, a coin with a big B on it, like appears in all the media, but the electronic concept of coin. These actual, they call them physical Bitcoin, but it's not because it's electronic, but an ETF that's made up of the actual Bitcoin asset of which there can only be 21 million eventually put into existence. There's currently about 19 and a half million of the eventual 21 million maximum Bitcoin that can ever be created and mined. That's just the way the math works when it was created back in the early 2000s. So almost all of the eventual final amount of Bitcoin that there can never be more of are minted. 90% of all the Bitcoin that are ever going to be are available. There's only 10% more, little less, about 8% more to come. And this monster financial company called BlackRock is filing to put these Bitcoins into an ETF. In addition, so are Fidelity, Schwab, and many other financial institutions. In other words, for some reason, all of a sudden out of the blue in the past two years or three years, everyone that was bad-mouthing Bitcoin is now in love with Bitcoin and wanting to create this ETF type of security with Bitcoin in it. Now, the only way they're going to be able to have a security with Bitcoin in it is to accumulate a bunch of Bitcoin. And there's only 21 million that can be created. So the demand on Bitcoin, whether the SEC approves the ETFs this month, this year, next year, or the year after, or eventually, the Eventual demand is going to be such that all these big companies have to buy Bitcoin in order to have something to put inside their ETF. You can't just have an ETF if you don't have something to put inside. So that is a demand that most people aren't really considering. Could things change? Of course. Could a new ETF 
based upon a different type of electronic currency come to our consciousness? Sure. But the biggest one so far is Bitcoin, and that can only have a very defined finite number of, for lack of a better word, coins inside. So what's happening? Well, one of the reasons that the market is getting oversold again here, while the price isn't making new lows, like the last time Bitto was this oversold and Bitcoin were this oversold, is because there's these monster financial companies having to go out into the market and accumulate Bitcoin. And they have to do that because they're all filing to bring out Bitcoin ETFs, which means that they're invest, they're going to sell it to their investors and those investors are going to put money into it. And in order to put money into it, they have to have enough Bitcoin to take up the money that investors are going to put in. It would be like having a real estate ETF and you can only put in buildings around the world that are more than 100 stories tall. Well, there just aren't that many buildings more than 100 stories tall. So let's say that those buildings of 100 stories tall make up a trillion dollars in capital. Well, that means that you could only raise and put in investors' money equal to a trillion dollars because that's all the buildings that are inside. You could say, well, yeah, but look, over the next 50 years, they're going to build you know, thousands of buildings over 100 stories tall that they could fill up into the ETF. And the answer would be correct. There's no limit to the amount of 100-story buildings that you could build. But there is a limit to the amount of Bitcoin that you can mine just because that's how it was created. And there is nothing that can change that. So there's likely going to be a very large demand on that currently 19 and a half million and eventual 21 million Bitcoin because they have to fill up the ETFs. So what we're not hearing about, but we're starting to feel and see through our, our work is that the reason that I'm showing you this chart where the, the pendulum on the right is back down into the green zone, not having been this oversold since July of 2022, but price isn't at a new low is because somebody's buying a bunch of Bitcoin. Even though little guys like us, like me, maybe saying, oh man, I bought this Bitto at 18 and here it is at 14. I'm losing money. I'm just going to dump it. So we dump it because we don't see the big picture and we don't have the foresight that these big guys have and how much money they're going to make by selling ETFs to us down the road. So the opportunity is to not focus on what news is being told to us, but focus on the data that's available for us to see. In other words, Let's use our ears less and our eyes more. And the way to do that is to use these historical price charts, like I'm showing you, to tell us what is actually going on, regardless of the story that's being told about it. 
So regardless of the story, even though I just brought to you a story that the big financial institutions are going to be somehow seeking a lot of Bitcoin, that is the story. Not very many media outlets are telling it, but it still is a story. And it either will stick or it won't stick. It either will matter or it won't matter. But what does matter is the fact that we can see with our eyes the fact that Ditto and Bitcoin are as oversold right now as they were in July of 2022, which was very near the price bottom, not the actual price bottom, but was very near the price bottom, which then led to a 100% move in both Bitcoin and BITO. So if you're a little worried about the market and stocks and earnings and interest rates and the recession and the soft landing versus the hard landing, if you're worried about all the stuff in the media, then one way to quiet that noise in your head, quiet that need to understand the actual fact and the actual story, which we're never going to know, the way to do that is to look at the objective empirical data. What's that? What is price doing? in the upper chart here, and how does that price movement appear in the conditions of the market? So here we are, we see a little bit of a correction, but we see a massive oversold pessimism condition last seen at somewhere between July of 2022 and the actual price low in November of 2022, and that led to 100% move in the price. So I'm not saying that we're going to see 100% move in the price, but I'm saying that the conditions now are approaching that last seen just before the asset called Bitcoin and Bitto doubled in price. What does that mean to us? Well, that means that we need to start building our exposure to this potential opportunity. And if you know how to do that, then this might be your wake-up call. And if you don't know how to do that, then you are welcome to get in touch with us, and we are happy to coach people how to do that. So if you need that type of coaching, look at our social media links below, get in touch with us, schedule an appointment, and we'll be happy to get on a Zoom call and fulfill anything you're looking to have happen. Thanks for listening. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Hey, I really wanted to thank everyone for honoring us and taking the time to listen to our show. There's, of course, tens of thousands of podcasts out there now, and we're grateful that you find the time to come back and listen to ours. Just know that we got you. <laughs>